Blog Talk Radio. It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hello, 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 this beautiful day, and welcome to the Speedway Show. Today's topic is entitled, How to Spot the One. Oh, how we singles fuss about finding the one, the man or woman who will make our lives complete, the one we can envision spending the rest of our lives with, the one who puts an end to the string of first dates, high hopes that are almost dashed, almost always dashed into smithereens except for that one. How do you know if he or she is the one? That is what we are talking about today. Call in with your answers and your suggestions and your experiences, 877-603-0660. Again, that's 877-603-0660. So to start off with, I did ask my Facebook friends about this very same uh, question. So how do we know? Uh, guys and gals, when we have found the one, and um, what was your experience? And to start out with, I received uh, from one of my Facebook friends a very nice uh, story about her parents, and here's what she said. She said, my mother said, she was talking about her dad, And uh, she had asked her mom what the secret was to a long and happy marriage. So she says, my mother said they both fell hopelessly in love with each other. My father's family had a woman lined up for him to marry. My mom had someone who desperately wanted to marry her. But when they met, they knew without a shadow of a doubt they were meant to be together. So they married against all odds and were happily married for 37 years, up to the time of my father's death and even after he passed on in 1995. My mother said she would never marry again because no one would ever take my father's place. They were so in love that they put up with each other's weaknesses. They used to sing to each other love songs Dance and have lots of parties, and I, uh, I, I can, I can see how that would have been really great. They prayed together, cried together, everything, everything together. You know, as kids, we tried to get away with things by saying, "Dad said it's okay" to my mom, even when he did not. But they both always knew when we were lying. We could not win against them. They had this very strong intuition about each other. They would know what the other was thinking before they said anything. And I always used to laugh and ask, how did they do that? And my dad would always say, it has taken years of being married to each other. 
Their love for each other was priceless. My parents' story, personally, was similar. So I can certainly, um, I can certainly, what do I want to say? I can certainly identify with having observed a love like that because my parents knew each other for 42 years from the time that they became friends and then they ultimately got married and they were together that whole time until uh, my father passed away. And uh, so I can certainly relate to this idea of this friendship that lasts and lasts and it is just uh, an awesome thing to observe. And so today, we are talking about those kinds of issues. How do you know when you have met the one? What are the kinds of signs that you might use to figure that out? And um, we've got, you know, if you tune into the show, this is actually the first one that we're going to do on this topic of the one, because uh, in love, of course, that tends to be a very critical question. And uh, so next episode where we talk about this particular topic, we'll probably do uh, one on, um, you know, how do you know when uh, it isn't the one? And how do you know when it's time to walk away? How do you know when it's time to run? And uh, how do you how do you decide? What, what are the criteria that the one should have? So that is the topic of how to spot the one is our topic for today. And... Um, I'm going to give you some suggestions, and um, all of these are, what what you're going to find is that, you know, in figuring out whether somebody is, you know, the one, uh, I would say that there isn't a single factor. There are usually probably multiple factors that uh, you should take into consideration when deciding is this the person that I should think about spending the rest of my life with. And uh, so to to come up with the answers here, I I did some research, I asked around, consulted my life manual, and um, I am now 41, and so I've got some experience in my own life that I could use to uh, bring to the table and make uh, this determination. So with all of those different sources from my own experience, we're going to talk about what I have found uh, to be at least some of the things that resonated with a lot of people about what is the one and how do you figure out if you found that person. Uh, as you may know, some of you who've been following the Speedway show for a while, it is an idea exchange helping us to live well, live fully, and love deeply by improving the quality of our personal, professional, and spiritual relationships and a foundation of that is we consult what I like to call the life manual. And your life manual is whatever your spiritual text is, your holy text that you read, that you follow, or that has information that you from time to time uh, have read or know about. And uh, it could be any, any, uh, you know, any number of things, right? It could be the Quran, it could be the Bhagavad Gita, it could be the, the Hebrew Bible. My life manual that I follow most consistently happens to be the Holy Bible, and it says in Genesis 2.18, Now the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet. And um, what that says to me is, You are the one. 
uh, if you are of service to your partner. So in other words, two people in love should be of mutual service to one another. Um, And that means that we help one another emotionally, we help one another uh, physically if, if, if need be, uh, it means we help one another spiritually. We encourage each other and we um, pursue our, our spiritual practice together. It means that we are uh, always in, in daily life looking for ways to serve one another. Uh, you are the one when you care about each other's careers and success. That goes also with being of mutual service, right? I don't just care about my career and where I'm going, but I care about yours too. I am interested in what's going on in your professional life. I'm interested in your personal life. I'm interested in all aspects of your life. That uh, and, and I try to be involved in a positive way in those different aspects for you. We support and encourage each other in our endeavors, whatever they may be. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to tell you if I think you're onto something that I don't think is going to be successful. But it means that to the extent that I can see that you're trying to better yourself, that I'm going to support and encourage you in doing that. Even when you play, you do so in a mutually supportive way, right? So if his friend comes over, then perhaps, you know, you feed them uh, or you get them drinks. Uh, If you plan an event together, then you work together and uh, try and do everything together in the spirit of harmony. So that is one way when you know that you are in a relationship with someone who means that much to you. So... um, Feel free. Uh, I see there's some of you listening. Give me a call, 877-603-0660. If you decide you want to say something, if you just want to listen, that's fine too. So now along with the concept of the help meet is friendship. They kind of go hand in hand, I think. So she is the one when she is your friend and truly your friend. My definition of friendship is it is someone who is good for you as well as good to you. Now, there are lots of people who can be good for you. Your teachers might be good for you, your uh, doctors, your supervisors, your uh, the people who your boss might be good for you, but they may not necessarily be good to you. And there are other people who might be good to you, but not really good for you. So if you have a friend who is the provider of, you know, whatever bad habit you are um, maintaining, whether it's alcohol or drugs or something else, you know, if you've got that friend who's always trying to drag you off to the strip club, might be good to you, but may not necessarily be good for you. And in my book, that doesn't quite qualify as a friend. So if you have someone who is both good for you, good to you, think about your friends against that barometer. It's it's a very simple definition, but, you know, I've used it for years, and i found consistently that it actually works pretty darn well. So how else do we know? He is the one when there is absolute trust. You can think about him at every single moment that you are apart without fear, without worry, 
without concern about what he's doing. And as a matter of fact, you may be in a position to be able to predict with, you know, pretty good pretty good accuracy as to what he is doing at any given moment. And some of that helps you too identify that this guy is the one because love and fear should not go together. And, you know, somehow we as human beings have managed to put those two things together and we associate them and we assume that they must surely go together. And that's not necessarily be true. That's not necessarily true. Love and anger or anxiety also should not go together. Love and pain are not supposed to go together. So when you can think of your beloved without pain, without fear, without that sixth sense in your stomach that something isn't quite right, then that is one of the checks that you can put on that side of the ledger to say maybe I'm in the right relationship. You can have the best time, back to this concept of friendship, you can have the best time together without sex, without drugs, without mood-enhancing aids of one kind or another. Sometimes, you know, people get into a relationship where uh, what they really have in common and what they really enjoy together is the physical intimacy. And when that's not there, when that's not going well, then what they realize is that actually um, there really isn't much else to this relationship, which then, you know, is not such a great thing because what it suggests is you've got a pretty one-dimensional relationship. And the problem with one-dimensional relationships is they're unsustainable, fundamentally unsustainable. So on to the next barometer. He is the one when we talked about uh, trust earlier. So this is the one that you absolutely trust. Uh, She is the one when it's easy from the beginning. A lot of times we think relationships are difficult, just like we think relation that just like we think love has to go together with all these horrible emotions, pain, uh, jealousy and anger and, and, and possessiveness, they don't go together. And the same way we sometimes think that relationships have to be difficult and we have to steal ourselves in order to be ready to get into a relationship. And that's not true. If she is the one or he is the one, this is going to be or it should be an easy relationship. Not that you can't end up getting married, but you know that which is hard at the beginning is always going to get harder, especially after marriage. So... It's the one when it's easy from the beginning. No wondering where he is and what he's doing because he's secretive and shady. You don't have frequent fights. You don't have an emotional roller coaster that goes on for weeks and months because you're both either playing games or pushing each other's buttons. Uh, no consistent objective uncertainty because you can't put your finger on whether she's really into you. And when I say Consistent, objective uncertainty. That is because sometimes we are just in bad places all by ourselves. Sometimes you might be in a bad place emotionally over this relationship because you are insecure. And so when I say consistent, objective uncertainty, 
It's not the uncertainty that's caused by your paranoia. It's not the uncertainty that's caused because uh, this woman really is secretive and she disappears and she runs off. It's not that. It's you have no consistent objective uncertainty. Um, And if there is any of that uncertainty about the relationship, then that might be your heart, your gut telling you that um, this relationship isn't quite right and it is therefore not the one that you're going to be able to use uh, and be successful in on a long-term basis until either you sort these things out or until you both make a different level of commitment or until you move on and find something that is closer to what your needs would have you in. Um, Easy from the beginning is, you know, easy is I want to be with you, you want to be with me. Let's walk this out together and no matter what comes, I am your best friend and I have your best interests at heart. That is the concept of an easy relationship. Another way that you can determine whether this relationship is the one, that one for you, that uh, you can extend into permanence, you like and respect each other for who you are as individuals. Who he is, is enough. Who she is, is sufficient. You're not chasing the potential that, well, you know, if I just tweak this and tweak that and tame this and fix that, then he'll be what I want him to be. I did a show once, and if you missed it, I I urge you to go and listen to it. It was uh, sometime last year. It was called Men are Neanderthals and Women Need to Fix Them. He is the one when you don't need to fix him. Or to the extent that you do need to fix him, you know, in your opinion you need to fix him, that which you need to fix is pretty darn minor. This is the right relationship when, for example, my life manual in Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So what that means, and I'm talking particularly to the guys, marriage is a good thing. If you feel like you want to run screaming at the thought of a permanent commitment, she is not the one. Sometimes women, in particular, um, chastise men for not being willing to commit. And um, much ado is made of, you know, the guy's willingness or unwillingness to be in a committed relationship or to make that next leap to marriage. And sometimes I have to say that if you are the guy and you are um, nervous about getting into a permanent relationship with this individual, she's, she might not be the one. Or it could simply be that you're not ready. You're just not ready to make that commitment. And um, if that's the case, then maybe you ought not to make that commitment because it's not going to go well because you're not going to be who you should be in that kind of relationship if you're not ready. And if you want to run screaming because there are certain things about her that just rub you the wrong way every single time, then she's probably not the one. He is the one when you share the same beliefs, values, and goals about life, whether to have kids. Should we or should we not? How many children 
And if you don't have the same vision about that at the outset, can you get there? Can you negotiate your way to getting to the right place about these kits? Are you on the same page when it comes to where to live? Now, this one might sound kind of shallow, but I have to say, especially for young couples, young people who are maybe coming out of college, coming out of uh, some higher education degree, law school, med school, engineering, whatever it is, um, where to live can be a very big deal because it may mean the survival or the death of a relationship. If you cannot agree on where to live, then what it might also suggest is that there are other things that are more important to you than being with this individual. If I would rather live in Minnesota than live with you in Ohio, then maybe um, whatever we have in this relationship is not going to be sustainable because there's at least one thing that takes precedence over this relationship. And where there's one thing, there will probably be others. There will be other things that I may prioritize over our relationship, maybe because I think I can get away with it, maybe because it's not that important to me, maybe because I have to get my way, and if that's, if any of those things are true, this relationship is probably not the one for you. Um, other things that you need to share in common, how do you save or how do you spend money? Again, that might not sound like a big deal, but... We have all heard the statistics, or at least we have all heard it said, that many, many relationships end in divorce because of fights over money. If he is a constant saver and she is a constant spender, this relationship might be in for some very difficult times, right? Because if I want to spend, 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 and I want to buy that Mercedes C-Class uh, convertible or whatever it is, and I don't even know if C-Class has a convertible. So for those of you who have Mercedes, forgive me. Um, but let's suppose that that's what you know she wants to spend money on and he wants to save because he wants to retire early. Then that means that we have a fundamental difference and you need to iron those things out or figure out if you can't iron those kinds of things out. Do you have the same long-term goals? Because if he wants to retire at 50, then he's going to be prepared to give up some things today in order to meet that goal. If she doesn't care, then she's going to be spending all the money that he wants to save, and that's not going to go well. Um, other ways to know when this is the relationship. It is that one relationship, perhaps, when you are on exactly the same page emotionally. So you feel the same way about each other, and you don't have the push and pull of, him thinking, well, you know, I just want to be friends and or I want to be friends with benefits and she's thinking, hey, I want to commit and uh, I want this relationship to turn into something permanent. That is the source of many, many a dispute um, between men and women and many misunderstandings. So if you're in the relationship and he is saying to you, I don't want to be in a relationship, what he might be saying is you're not the one and not only are you not the one, uh, but maybe I do want you to stick around because I really like you and uh, would love to sort of, you know, uh, take advantage of the situation for as long as I can because that's really all I want. And once she rises up 
and figures out that this isn't going anywhere. She's going to leave and he's going to let her because what he really wants to do is he really wants to go on and find himself the one. So being on the same page emotionally is pretty important. Um, You should ideally feel the same way about each other. When it's new uh, and it's exciting, we're both excited. When it is starting to mature, when that relationship starts to mature, hopefully we should be on the same page about how we feel about each other, whether it's, hey, I really like where this is going and I'm I'm enjoying the journey and I want it to continue, or whether it's, eh, you know, I, I you're, you're nice, but I can see that this doesn't have long-term potential. So ideally, if you're on the same page, then it's not going to be difficult and you're not going to have those very hard conversations. So that's another way. Um, Other ways to tell that you're on the same page, you have the same level of tolerance for drama. Now, I say it that way as opposed to saying there's no drama in your life because some people thrive on the drama. Uh, Let's say that you have a lot of family drama in your life and she does not. Uh, Let's say that you are uh, fighting with your baby mama and she has a great relationship with her baby daddy. (laughs) And let's suppose that uh, you have uh, rifts in your family between you and, you know, pick one, your kids, your siblings, whomever, and you notice that she, on the other hand, has a great relationship with her kids. She has a great relationship with her siblings. Um, She might not necessarily be thinking this is the relationship that's going to last for the long haul because, the levels of drama in your life are not the same. Whereas if both of you have uh, close-knit families, you both love family, you both get along, you have the same ideas about how to raise and treat your children, you have harmony together, and you have harmony in your own personal life, then you are more likely to be a good fit. If, on the other hand, you have drama and she has drama, um, you might be a good fit too because not only are you going to be mutual, mutually supportive to each other, but it, it might also be that both of you have the same level of tolerance for drama, which might be a good thing for the two of you. Now, that might mean that there's a lot of drama between the two of you in your relationship, but, you know, some people um, seem to thrive on that, I say seem to, because... I'm not one of those people, so I can't really relate. But, you know, some people seem to thrive on that, and so it may be that you're a good fit for one another. He is the one when you know his worst or most embarrassing secrets and love and accept him without judgment. Listen, all of us have flaws. If you have been alive for anything over, you know, three decades, four decades, five decades, you've done some things that you would just as soon not repeat. You've done some things that you might be ashamed of. You've done some things that maybe nobody knows but you and God. And uh, to the extent that you are with someone and they've got some deep, dark secrets that you know about, if you know about him and you still love him and you still accept him and you don't judge him, that's a good thing. Now, if you're wondering what secrets he's hiding or she's hiding from you, that's a different story. But part of true love, I think, is in acceptance, acceptance of who you are, not who I want you to be, not not who I wish you were, but who you are and who you are right here, right now. 
So that's one way of knowing, is this somebody that I truly think that I can be with in the long term? If there are things that you would say, well, if I found out that he did this or if I found out that she didn't do that, then it would be over with me. Then maybe this is not the right relationship or maybe you're just not mature enough to be in a sustainable relationship. She is the one when you know that uh, she can't possibly be on her best behavior and you love her anyway. There is a period oftentimes, people call it the honeymoon period, when we are in love and we are, you know, kind of faking our way through the relationship and then it gets real. We turn into our real selves. It is... Wonderful if you can see that real self and you love them anyway, which also gets us into you tell each other the truth about everything, even if it doesn't seem important. You're upfront about disclosing all of the things that might change the other person's mind about being with you, and everything's out in the open. Your family, your friends, your coworkers know about you and your beloved, and they all like him or her as well. Um, She's pretty. This might seem shallow, but it's actually pretty important to be attracted to your partner. Men we know, I think it's mostly known, are very visual creatures, but so are women. Physical attraction is important, and it's an important part of a well-rounded love. And there is, of course, in my book, the best answer of all. He is the one when God says so. Those of you who follow your life manuals, those of you who have a relationship with God, I would encourage you to consult him because he knows. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. And he is never wrong. And he is the one who is going to always be the best judge of the things that you can as well as the things that you cannot see. And he will give you, if you give him permission, that person that you need and also many of the things that you want. And with that person, you will always know that this was the right one for you. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for checklists on how to spot the one and reading references. Join us next uh, next week for a video show with licensed acupuncturist Nancy Birma, and our show will be called Accepting Acupuncture. Until then... This is Spiway saying thank you for joining me today. Callers, thank you for calling and listening into the show. And uh, until next week, go in peace and take a close look at that love of yours, and hopefully it will be all the things that you want it to be. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.